Welcome to the Believe Podcast, a conversation between friends over a passage of scripture. I'm Carolyn Kirsten. And I'm Marvin Williams. And today is episode 87, continuing our series on spiritual habits. Today, we are talking about community. Community. How are you today? I am well. Good, good. Glad well, to be together. Together, to that's right. Talking about theme. community. So. Yes. <laughs> Well, let me let me put a downer on the oh, on okay. this all, from the very beginning. Uh, so let me let me ask you this: If how would you feel if you were locked in your office and you could never get out? We would just simply never let you out. <laughs> that would be terrible. I mean, yeah. there have been days when there have been events going on in the building where I feel like I can't leave my office, and never <laughs> am I more aware of how I would like to leave. Right. Um, well, and actually, even moving to my new office area where I am, I it was an adjustment period where I had to keep myself in my office. <laughs> Clearly an extrovert. I love the interaction right, right, exactly. and being deprived exactly. of that. That would be very hard for me. Yeah. I, I think I, I, I just, I don't know. I would try to burrow my way out, you know, yeah. the Shawshank redemption, there like Andy Dufresne, like, <laughs> like trying to find my way out. So it, it is, um, you know, it, it's important. I mean, it's, to be around people. And and I think part of the reason we're asking the question and we talk about this, um, you know, solitary confinement is, um, is because there's a habit that actually helps us draw closer to God. Mm -hmm. And that habit is community. And I know we talked about last time, we're now kind of talking about habits where other people are involved and it's not just a vertical, but it's also horizontal. And again, there's there's so much research about the cruel and unusual punishment of solitary confinement. And part of the reason I, I know that the prisons use it to try to punish the, uh, the prisoners. And I understand that. But there's something deeper there is that God has created us for community. Mm -hmm. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit living in community now. When we live in community, it is a reflection of community that's happening in the Godhead. And so I think there's something deeper than just, I'm going to punish you by putting you uh, putting you by yourself. I think the prison doesn't understand of the depth yeah. of pain and hurt that's being uh, leveled against a person because it is a cruel and unusual punishment against the doctrine of humanity. That is, we were created for relationality. We mm -hmm. were created to live in community. And so practicing this habit not only brings us closer to God, but it brings us closer to one another where we reflect God. We mm -hmm. are created in the image of God. So th the level of appreciation for God is found in our level of appreciation for other people. So so what is community? We yeah. talk about community. What if we had to give a definition of community, what would you what would you say? Yeah. And it is that connecting with other people in authentic community. Yeah. We talk about that. So that involves transparency. It involves sharing life with each other. Yeah. Um what it's not is just the people you happen to bump into in your workplace or in your golf league, or it's not just hanging out. There is a next level of intention that we're talking about when Absolutely. we're talking about authentic community. Yeah. And it is, and it's not just friendship for friendship's sake. Yeah. It is for the purpose of helping each other draw closer to the Lord. See this, this, you, you, you have hit on something that I think, um, it is a game changer. It is. I think sometimes we get together over food 
and we get together over a movie, we get together over, you know, sports or whatever. And I think that's good. But then we leave. Mm -hmm. We, you said for the purpose of drawing people closer to Christ. Um, So when we get together over food, is there a moment, I'm not saying that we have to agenda, uh, you know, create an agenda when we get together, but I think there's something about the natural flow to say, Carolyn, when we get together in our meetings or what have you, um, how how is God speaking to you these days? Yeah. What are you reading that's causing you to grow? Um, what are What are some things you need encouragement in right now? I think that that to me is the linchpin um, that that differentiates just getting together and then getting together for a purpose. And that purpose being, how do we draw one another closer? How do we encourage one another, which we just talked about Mm -hmm. the last episode? How do we encourage one another, help one another grow in our relationship with Christ? And we're not going to have authentic community in every relationship. We couldn't even bear the burden of that. Exactly. But- but we should have some. Yeah. We should have a few people in our lives that we do have that authentic level, that depth of community and sharing with. Yeah. Whether it's a small group, whether it is, um, you know, like for us on our teams, mm-hmm. there should be a level, um, a, a depth there that goes beyond, oh, we're just getting together to do work. Yeah. Or we're just getting together to, um, you know, um, you know, advance the ball on a particular project. But for us, you know, whether it's your small group, whether it's your family, whether it's your your close friends, it is a moment to go deeper and not just surface. There's nothing wrong with the weather. There's nothing wrong with sports, but there's something deep inside of us that says, I, I want more than just the weather and sports. I want to be known. I want to be seen. I want to see you. I want to know you. Mm-hmm. And um, and how do we do that together as a um, you know as a as a uh, community? So so where do where do we find this? Where do we find traces of this in scripture? Okay, the, perhaps the classic example <laughs> yeah, of that yeah, is yeah. when we think about community is the early church after Jesus has returned to heaven, and the book of Acts starts describing the early church. And in Acts chapter two verses forty two through forty seven. There's a great description that is kind is kind of the go-to passage yeah, yeah. when you talk about biblical community and what that looks like. Um, and it is things like, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together hmm. and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Yeah. Love it. They're praying together. They're studying God's word together. They're eating together. They're sharing um, with each other, they're meeting needs of each other. This is not socialism. This is this is not socialism. Yeah. This is this is spiritual biblical community that's happening. Yep. And uh, and I love it. Well, you mentioned you're they're praying together. They're doing all of these things. And part of the reason was is Jesus was at Jesus was at the center of this community. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They deeply cared for each other, and they were intentional in. Meeting each other's needs, whether that was physical needs, spiritual needs, encouragement needs, they were 
that that was their focus. Yeah. So. This was, again, you as you mentioned, the classic, classic case of biblical community. And then there's Colossians uh, chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, another Another passage dealing with community with um, a few more specifics that we can uh, that we can focus on as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So love that they're teaching and they're admonishing one another with wisdom. So it's not all just the happy (laughs) stuff. I do think that's important too. That is a part of authentic community is Marvin, because I care about you, I need to let you know. An air, you know, a sin that I'm seeing in you or a bad attitude that is coming, or you may not realize what it's like to be on the other side of you. Yeah. And that's not judging per se. No. I mean, th- there's a well, level, I mean, we, we get to judge in a sense where the Bible calls us to evaluate and, uh, and to help one another. And it, and it's not, so when we talk about judging, we're talking about criticizing, being critical without all the facts. But when you have all the facts, you you can judge me. You mm-hmm. can judge me compassionately. You can judge me. And it's not punitive. It really is to help me get better. Yeah. Help me to follow Jesus in a way. And this is what's happening in this community. Um, one of the one of the things in this passage, it talks about let the let the peace of God rule. Mm-hmm. So so one of the things that um that happens in community, at least that should happen in community, is um, is peacemaking, which is kind of what you were talking about a little bit. When conflict arises, how do we make peace as opposed to keeping peace? Mm-hmm. Now, there's a big difference between the two. Keeping peace is I'm not going to rock the boat. I'm not going to upset you. But peacemaking is, no, there's conflict. And this conflict should make us better. We're going to call out the conflict. We're going to call out what's not right. And we're going to settle it and solve it by the power of the spirit. Forgive one another if we need to, so that the body, the community might be stronger Mm -hmm. versus peacekeeping is, is I know it's wrong. I don't want to upset the apple cart and I'm not going to bring it up. And I'm just going to let it fester Mm -hmm. and the cancer grows and grows and metastasizes. And before long, there's a there's a breaking in the community that um, that may be irreparable at some point because we didn't deal with the issues at hand. And so so this is the admonishing with all wisdom. This is um, letting the peace of Christ rule in our hearts with one another, as opposed to, I'm just going to let it go. I don't want to, I don't want to upset her, upset him, that kind of thing. And the danger of that, which seems nice to not, you know, to not rock the boat. I'm not going to, I don't want to cause a problem. So I'm just going to be nice and ignore it. Ultimately backfires. Yeah. Um, I can think of a couple situations where I was involved, a group of friends or a small group where, um, we as a group chose to just kind of ignore things to keep and just to keep going. But immediately it changed the group yeah, and the level of interaction because we were withholding yeah, yeah. from each other. And um, though we never really talked about it, I think we, rec- you know, well, and Steve and I have talked about the one situation with um, 
that was with a group of couples that the relationships was never the same yeah. after that because yeah. because we chose thinking we were being nice and avoiding a problem really built a whole nother problem. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think, I think there are, you talk about peacekeeping being one of the enemies of community. I think there are some others breaking promises, Mm -hmm. um, is a, um, is an, an enemy of, 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 of community, ingratitude, lying to one another, whether you're outright lying to one another or you're withholding truth. Yeah. Um, I think selfishness is another um, enemy of community. And, and so being able to see what those are that kind of destroy and begin to erode community, I think is very important for us to, um, very important for us to be aware of. Absolutely. Yep. So why is this so important? Why is practicing community so important? Yeah. Well, a phrase that we like to use a lot around here is that we are better together. Absolutely. And that's not just a phrase that we like or that we wear on Um, t-shirts. It It does look good on t-shirts. It does. And I have several of them, but but it is because it's true and it is God's design and his idea. If you think of the relationships of Adam and Eve and God in the garden before the fall, that was a perfect example of authentic community and how they related to each other. There was transparency. They had proximity. um, They had accountability. They had shared purpose. All of those things are a part of what, um, community, authentic community looks like and why it's so important. Yeah. You know, there's so many people, uh, Carolyn, who walk through our doors or live or who are in our lives, they feel like they're unseen. Mm -hmm. Um, they're unappreciated. Um, and living in community actually says I can, I can be in a safe place. Number one, where I can be myself, where people see me, um, where people appreciate what I have to offer. Um, I don't have to be the life of the party. Uh, I don't have to be like anyone else. I can truly be who God has created me to be. And Carolyn Kirsten is going to appreciate me for who I am, or Marvin Williams is going to appreciate me for who I am. So I think it's, 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 it's important for us to actually create those kinds of environments where someone can walk in and say, man, I've, feel loved here. I feel like someone wants to know me, mm-hmm. that they're not creating a sidebar click and I'm out here by myself. No, there's a real, inv- a genuine invitation. Come and join this group. Well, I don't know how to do that. Well, that's okay. Guess what? We didn't know how to do this either when we came to this community as well. So I, mean, I think when we when we lay down the red carpet that way for people, it's like, man, I love being a part of this church or I love being a part of this group because they really have welcomed me mm-hmm. um, and genuinely so. And uh, so I think those are uh, some reasons why it's important. Any any other reasons why this is a really, really important practice for us to well, I, uh, practice? I would also add that the why is because this is what you are, you most deeply need. There are a lot of things in our life. Like we can have hundreds of followers or follow hundreds of people on Instagram and know a lot about the details of their life, but that is not authentic community, Um, which is a danger, whether that is people we know through social media or even just, we might have a lot of relationships in our life, but it's really just, um, an artificial or I'm trying to think of a food analogy. Like it, it's only 
it is satisfying-ish, but it's not really fully satisfying and we miss out. And then the danger is that we just get by on surface level relationships. Substitutes. Substitutes. And we don't experience that authentic community that is truly satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. And And what we're really longing for. And we were created for it. Yes. We were created for community. This is a part of your purpose, part of my purpose, part of everyone's purpose to live in community with others. We started with solitary confinement. No one would want to be locked in their office. We weren't created for that. We weren't created to live on the island of Patmos, even though God gave John a, a revelation on the island. We weren't, we weren't created for that. We were created to be together. We were created to be better together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and again, we can't stress it enough to be in community with another person. Yes, there's risk involved. There's always risk when you love another person, when you share your life with another person, but the reward is much greater than the risk is living out our purpose to be a part of community. Mm-hmm. So h- how do we how do we do this? How do we how do we live in community? I think it is also we've often said pause and that yeah, I yeah. think is the first step in this as well to think and reflect on your relationships. Do you, are you already experiencing this? And if not, who in your life might you take that next step of authentic community with? Um, This doesn't have to, you might feel like, oh, I have no time for more relationships. Right, right. Okay. Well, who do you already know? Who are you regularly crossing paths with? that you could take that next step of authentic community with. I can, I think it can start as simply as that. It yeah. doesn't have to be this extra add-on. Absolutely. And another, um, you know, if you, if you are a part of a community, if you are a part of a friend group, is to show up. Show up physically, show yeah. up emotionally. Many times we we don't experience the depth of community, the benefits of community, because we don't show up. Yeah. We, we skip, we skip the parties or we skip the groups or we skip church. And, um, it's like, man, I'm, and, and, and then we wonder why we're alone or lonely is because I'm, I'm not actually doing my part to show up. Yeah. And then when I do show up, I'm, I'm withdrawn. I'm not showing up emotionally. I'm not giving all of myself to a situation. So if you go to a small group, like if you're just sitting in the corner, you know, twiddling your fingers, like ah, on, on your phone, it's like, you're not showing up emotionally. But if you show up and say, like, man, I had a really bad week and I really could use someone to pray for me. That is being vulnerable, authentic. So I think showing up is like half the battle yep. physically and emotionally is how we yep. want being that person community. who shares first. Yeah. Um, a principle my mom taught me a long time ago, be the friend you want to be. Love that. That you want to have. Yeah. If we, you know, instead of waiting for someone else to come to us or for someone else to initiate, step in, invite somebody over, you know, make that phone call, um, ask that question, or as you were just describing, share personally, open that door that, hey, I would like to have a greater depth of relationship with you and do that by sharing first. Yeah. I love, I love that you, again, you be the first one. And typically what happens uh, the dam is open once the first person shares. Yep. Um, and if you're authentic, if you're saying this is the, you know, this is real, the real me. Again, you don't have to like, okay, let me dump all of my laundry out. Um, no, it's it, it really is. This is where I am vulnerably, mm-hmm. authentically. 
more than likely other people have that same story. Like, man, I, I went through the same thing. Here's some ways in which, um, you know, God brought me through. So I think, I think I love that sharing first, be the first one to share, be the first one to be vulnerable and not wait for someone else Mm -hmm. and, uh, and watch the dam break. When I think back on different groups that I've been involved in, whether that was neighborhood Bible studies over the years. Um, You know, so it's a different group of women at different times. Never, and that is a strong word, but I really do mean that. If if you, well, I'll finish the sentence. Never have, has someone shared and I've been, and have I been repulsed by what they shared? When someone shares, it only draws my heart closer to theirs. Absolutely. So if you are thinking- I can't share that. Like nobody would, people would be shocked. Nobody would want to be friends with me if they knew that this was true about me. Never has that happened. And in fact, I've seen so much the opposite just in our dopey basement where one (laughs) woman sharing opens up, it causes another woman to share and they find a connection that they had an experience that they had no idea, but now they have someone who, who can empathize directly with them. It is my, one of my favorite things about doing those studies is just seeing how that authentic community flows and how one woman's experience can be, um, comforting to another. Right. Right. And, uh, that's all just God working it. But it, but it's powerful when we get to step in, and that is another blessing of this community. Yes, yeah, it is yeah. person to person, but it for sure draws us closer to God and enables us to speak God's word and show God's love to people when we are in relationships like this. Yeah, I, I'll I'll um, I'll share one more that, um, and it and it comes from the book of Acts. We we talked about it earlier. It comes from the book of Acts, where so this this church is born, three thousand people. Um, become believers off of a, uh, from Peter's message, and and the next the next uh, the next phase of their community, we see them doing all of the things that we just read that you read earlier. They're sharing, and typically they say it takes anywhere from you know twelve months to eighteen months to twenty four months for a group to gel, and yet we see the Holy Spirit gelling, the accelerating the gelling process in a group, in community. And I think we can ask the Holy Spirit to break down the walls, mm-hmm. accelerate the gelling process so that we're experiencing the kind of community in a faster way like um, like the early church did. And I think that's something that we can do. And we don't have to wait for the proverbial 12 months and 18 months. Be Like now, I feel like we're now getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. I think that can happen in the first month, I think it can happen in the first two months, in the first three months, where it feels like, man, it feels like we, we've we known each other for a long time because the Holy Spirit has actually accelerated the gelling process. And so uh, I've seen that happen in several of our groups, our, our small groups that Tanya and I have been a part of, where when... Uh, and part of it is when individuals start sharing early yeah. and it just opens the floodgate and the spirit of God is at work. And it's like, wow, this was an amazing group. Like, oh, three, like we know each other and it's only been three months. Mm-hmm. And so, again, I think we can ask the Holy Spirit to accelerate the gelling process so that um, we get closer, faster um, in community. Absolutely. Yeah. You were already hinting at it, but what can we believe about God, ourselves, and others from this habit of 
a rhythm of community. Well, man, I we we already know that it's um, the community. There is a community happening in the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And when we live in community, we're simply reflecting what's already happening um, in in the heavenly. So, um, so I think we God, uh, the Triune God, is already living in community. That's what we can believe about Him. And um, and he invites us to do the same. Absolutely, because yeah. we are better together. We are better together. Okay. <laughs> well, friends, we do have a challenge, some homework for you this week. Take time to think about your relationships. Do you have this authentic community? Who comes to mind that you might take that next step with? Make that phone call. Extend that invitation. Um, we want this for you. This whole series is not about adding more things, as we have said, right. but it is about experiencing the depth and knowing and relying on God's love more and more. And we hope that for you today. 